Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Brittany, we're in the spot now in the season, the point in the season where, you know, especially since Philly just keeps winning and, you know, they're eight games back, the Nets have to start, you know, asking uh, them to sweep these series is asking a lot just based on the way they play, but they've got to start winning series consistently. You know, they've got to beat the Mets two out of three. They've got to somehow beat the Cubs. I don't know if that's three or four game series, but they got to win that series because... You know, they keep slipping further and further down the standings, getting to that point where it's just going to be too big of a hole to climb out of. Yeah, and I mean, I I think you even need to take it a step further. I mean, two of three is great, but they need like a 20-7 and run. You know, they need to win, you know, 9 out of 10 or 9 out of 11. Uh, I wrote yesterday, they haven't won more than two games in a row, which is jarring when you think about it. I don't think back-to-back wins really constitutes any kind of streak. You know, there's there's been no momentum. And I think if you're going to turn this in the other direction, you need to get hot, even if it's only for a week or two, just to erase some of this deficit. Because you're right, it, it, it looks right now pretty insurmountable if you want to get to that 90 win mark. Uh, even if you want to get to 500 right now, uh, you better start playing out of your mind. And Brittany, you point out in your article that the starting rotation actually leads the National League in strikeouts. Innings pitch per game. They have the second lowest FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, one of these crazy analytics. And yet they're still not winning games because of bad defense and poor run support. Yeah, it's really frustrating, I think, when you look at it, because that, that FIP is telling. It kind of assumes that the plays that get made um, are league average. And as a staff, ERA, it's cost them about a half a run. So as good as this rotation has been, they've still been victimized. And no one more so than Max Scherzer, who actually has the lowest FIP in the National League. So, you know, you look at the stats and you say, boy, maybe Scherzer's not having that great of a year. But those of us who are watching and you kind of look at the the peripheral of some of these stats and, you know, this team's not making plays. It's really every facet. And, you know, as I discussed yesterday, people are talking about the bullpen, rightfully so. They're still the worst bullpen in the major leagues, uh, despite throwing the fewest amount of innings. I think it's only 115 innings that they've thrown. But there are other problems here, and a main one to me is this rotation's been so good, they're going to go through a lull for at least you know a turn or two through this long of a season, and the Nationals just really can't afford that. They're wasting so many of their good starts right now. Brittany, is there concern about the back part of that rotation that you're talking about? I mean, Hellickson has only picked six innings once in his seven starts, and Sanchez in his last six starts doesn't have a win yet. He reached seven innings pitched a month ago. That's putting a lot of stress on that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, certainly outside of the big three, there's definitely room for improvement, right? My issue with Hellickson, though, is it doesn't seem like he ever gets the opportunity to go longer than that third time through the order. Um, yes, obviously in Milwaukee, he didn't pitch well. But, you know, that Philly game, uh, well, if he doesn't get to go the third time through the order with a low pitch count, a favorable strike zone, when he's going well, when does he? Uh, you know, and so to me, that's a little bit more of an interesting case. I do think... They're certainly going to need some upgrades out of that fourth and fifth spot. Those guys are going to have to pitch better or they're going to get replaced later in the season. But in terms of 
you know, how much uh, I worry about that. I think that's probably fifth or sixth on the list just because they have so many other issues, the strikeouts, um, the fundamentals, the bullpen, so many other issues in front of that, that I think right now you take whatever you can get out of those guys uh, because the bullpen, again, it's not overworked. They haven't thrown that many innings. So if they have to work a little bit harder two out of those five days, I think they should still be able to cover that. You look at these other teams and how much these other relievers are throwing, uh, and really the fact that the Nationals have to pick up some innings for Sanchez and Hellickson shouldn't really be a big deal. But with this team, when they only have Sean Doolittle that you really trust, of course it is. Brittany, you touched on the fundamentals there uh, about a minute ago. That was something that was supposed to be stressed during spring training, working on the base running gas, you know, hitting the cutoff man, et cetera. It, those things don't look like they've been cleaned up, and that's through 40 games. We expected those to be taken care of coming out of spring training. How frustrating is that for Davey and for Mike Rizzo? I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. And, you know, Davey said, I think it, it was in Milwaukee, he said something like, you know, obviously they've been hurt, right? Decimated by injuries. They're now on their second, maybe even third line of defense. That's fine. Nobody is expecting these guys that aren't Trey Turner or when Anthony Rendon wasn't out there. Nobody's expecting these guys to make these web gem plays. But what they should be making is the routine plays. So that's probably the thing that irks them the most is they're not putting the ball in play and they're not making those routine plays. Because if you're a major leaguer, even if you're a bench player, even if you're in AAA, AA, I mean, this is something that should be hammered at every level. Base running, catching the ball cleanly, fielding the ball. I mean, this is something you can control. And guys talk about it all the time. They're going to go through slumps offensively, but their defense should always be consistent. And what you're seeing here is just not the case. And I don't know if it's an organizational philosophy. I haven't been here long enough to know whether it you know, falls on player development, it falls on things that are being stressed you know, in the minor leagues. I don't know if it's a case of the guys that they collected depth-wise just really weren't that good and they don't provide very much depth. Uh, but certainly it's alarming because, again, people keep talking about, well, they're going to get healthy, they're almost healthy. Well, what happens when somebody else goes down? I mean, we are only 40 games through the season. It would be totally naive to assume that once they get healthy, they're going to stay healthy for the rest of the year. Talking Nationals with Brit- Brittany Giroli covers the Nationals for The Athletic. You wrote recently in The Athletic about, yes, they're a beat-up team, but you can't blame it just on the injuries. And you mentioned poor roster construction. Where do you see the poor roster construction in this Nationals team? Well, I think you have to start with the bullpen, right? I mean, right. you you had <laughs> Rosenthal as that setup man, and never did you consider what would happen if he couldn't get that job done. So um, that kind of set off a ripple effect and really kind of put the bullpen under the gun early, in my opinion. You know, you saw Derek Lilliquist get fired, the pitching coach. You know, they felt like they had to make a change. Um, that there probably is the biggest grievance when you cut when it comes to roster construction I also think that depth wise they overlooked some of those things I mean Ryan Zimmerman's never been able to play healthy so you knew that you needed somebody to back him up you knew you needed a little bit more insurance um, in the outfield you have a bunch of young guys with Robles and Soto Um, maybe you're not expecting injuries but you know you really need kind of more of that veteran presence and I think honestly and this is not something that you can really kind of look at tangibly but from what I keep hearing, they don't really have that guy that Jason Worth was, that leader, that guy who's going to stop the long losing streaks, who's going to demand better effort. Um, that's not to say that they don't have guys in there who don't care. They do. But the guys who are the best guys are, are very quiet or more unassuming. You know, the, the Rendones, the Zimmermans, 
Uh, you know, and we know that Davey likes players to police themselves, which is fine, but they don't seem to have that guy in there, that fiery guy who's going to get them going. And I think that's what they miss probably most of all, especially when they're going through a stretch like they just did on the road. Now, this division is probably a little overrated based on how we thought they would play, you know, just to start the year. Um, Philly, obviously, off to a pretty good start. But uh, we thought the Braves would be better. We certainly thought the Mets would be better. They've been a, kind of a mess lately. Nats, we knew, uh, we thought we'd we'd see at least 20 wins by now. Um, but, and I hope this doesn't happen, Brittany, but if they are at the trade deadline and they're in a big hole, I mean, there are some interesting names that could be traded. I mean, you're talking about guys like Doodle. I don't know what they would do with Zim. Uh, Eaton is up. Um, you know, they got five or six guys that they could probably move. And we're a long way for, away from that. I get it. But is that something you've been thinking about? It is. And, but what kind of is, I guess, most troubling to me is if I think this team isn't really built for a rebuild. They've got yeah. a lot of contracts on the books that, you know, are beyond this year and next year. They've got a lot of guys signed for a lot of money. So I mean, maybe they can make some moves if they're in a hole. Like you mentioned, there are guys. But you look at this organization, and this is, you know, always been a team over the last few years, four or five years anyway, that um, has been expected to win. They've kind of pillaged some of their minor league system at that expense. So they're not really set up great to be in that rebuild. And then also, as you brought up a great point, the NL East isn't that good. Mm-hmm. So you wonder if they can kind of get this moving in the other direction, make a few moves, um, could they steal the division? Because, you know, it may only take 90 wins. That, that may be it. Um, maybe, it, maybe it's 88 wins. Maybe they just beat up on each other. So, you know, this could be a year where you can kind of steal that NL East. It doesn't look like you're getting to the postseason in this division unless you win. The wild card will probably come from elsewhere. So could that make them a little more hesitant and decide, you know, we're going to just continue to go for it? Um, I don't know. As you said, it's a long way off, but I, I've thought about that. It's interesting to think about, uh, but this is not a team that necessarily can just trade all these guys away and burn it to the studs right now. They've got a lot of money committed. Do you think that they're going to go on a run? I don't know. Uh, I can't really get a feel for them, and, I, and I've been around them a lot. Um, I think that the schedule, the way it's set up over the next few weeks, is definitely better than what they just had, but there are good teams around every corner. I think they're going to have to make some kind of move in that bullpen. Even if Rosenthal is fixed, I think they need to add at least one more reliever and have a healthy Rosenthal to have any kind of chance uh, whatsoever. Those are just bad, devastating losses. Uh, you can see it in the clubhouse afterwards. They've got to fix that bullpen. And really, to me, it, it's more of a systematic issue because they've had this problem time and time again. Uh, they don't believe in building bullpens from within, which to me is a little troubling because other teams do it all the time. Why can't they do it here? Uh, it just seems like they always wait until it's it's a dire situation and they try to put a Band-Aid over the problem. But um, I do think they could get something going, uh, and it starts against the Mets, maybe build a little momentum. There were some encouraging signs in L.A., but again, they don't just need two out of three. They need to go mm-hmm. you know, win eight out of ten. They need to get really hot, and they need to kind of save the season. And to me, it starts now.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 